Hey, I'm, I'm Ben. Jeff. I'm Ben. I'm Jeff. Uh, no, I'm... I'm <sighs> ben, just, just do, do it. The, just do okay, the I'm, thing. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, this is Ben, Jeff, and Thayer, and we host a podcast called Convince Me, where we have guests on to try to convince us to get on board with their unique obsessions. Check out our I'm podcast. It's called Convince Me. I'm Jeff. Hey everyone, welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pearlstein, and today we've got Thomas Middleditch on the show. Fair warning, we're going to talk about the 90s for like 10 minutes. It came up, we couldn't stop. Alright, I just want to say an extended thank you to the people who were super helpful and donated to the podcast. As you may know, a couple weeks ago the podcast host reached a limit and the show wasn't going to be available for download anymore. Ah! I posted a PayPal link for people who wanted to help kick in a few bucks to keep it going, and some people helped donate it helped and donated to keep the show going a few of those people are new improv obsession heroes that's what i call the super generous people who helped donate a little bit of money to keep the show going andrew jones he is another arizona person whom i don't know i think it's whom uh i don't know what's going on out in arizona but you guys are sweet thank you so much andrew jones you're totally an improv obsession hero uh thomas ochoa i believe it is i actually don't know how to say his last name uh i know he's the host of minor league herald night i don't know him personally i've seen him a few times and I always thought he was funny. I think you're funny. Thomas, you're an improv obsession hero. Good work, man. Uh, Winston Carter, nice dude, like funny dude. Like we talked like forever ago and I was just like, this guy's the sweetest person. And he has a, a like a bunch of like great teams. Like I, I like that he's, he's like one of those young uh, uh, improvisers who's doing like uh, working really hard and I love it. Anyway, uh, good luck in the March Madness tournament. I hope you guys uh, got past your first round. Uh, Patrick Dorsey, dude, I don't know you, but why don't I? You've already bought my friendship. That's, <laughs> I'm kidding. That seems silly. Uh, but anyway, talk to me, man. Thank you so much. You're you're an improv obsession hero. I really do appreciate your support, Elizabeth Axelandra. Wait, holy! This okay, Elizabeth Beth. We met at a party Friday night. Okay, okay, this is exciting. Let me explain this real quick. I went to a party Friday night, uh, and I was a touch nervous because I knew I would only know the one person there, the host of the party. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to start conversations. I'm going to make friends. It's going to be stressful, but I, I'm going to do it. It'll be fine. Uh, and so, because I, I really wanted to make an appearance at this party. So, um, I, as soon as I showed up, I talked to the host, the person I knew, and she was pulled away within like two minutes. And I was like, oh, all right, stressed out. Here we go. Let's make friends. And Elizabeth, or, or, sorry, Beth actually, uh, introduced herself. And she goes, hey, are you Stephen Perlstein? I was like, yeah. She recognized me from the podcast. She's doing doing shows and stuff. And I was happy because I had, like, a friend right away. So uh, we, we talked, and it was it was awesome. Like, Beth totally cured my social anxiety. Uh, we, we, we got to chat first. I relaxed. I talked to more people because Beth gave me the confidence to do it. So you saved my life at that party on Friday night. And you're an improv obsession hero. Uh, if anybody ever wants to talk to me at a party, Party or something and to cure my social anxiety feel free uh, oh oh and beth runs uh an indie show jackpot lottery go to that uh right wait no no wait jackpot jackpot improv jackpot improv go to that jackpot improv uh she beth won't be there <laughs> beth that's an inside joke for us yay we're best friends uh thank you improv obsession heroes you are all the best thank you thank you please thank you you're the best. Uh, as for donations, you can still kick in a few bucks if you'd like at the improv at <laughs> at improvobsession.com. There's a little PayPal thing on the sidebar. I don't want to push anyone on this. If you don't have the money, that's totally fine. Uh, but if you do and you want to kick in a few bucks uh, and the show means something to you, think about it. Uh, all right, moving on. And oh, also, as always, you can rate and subscribe to the show in iTunes. That would be super helpful as well. Thanks to the recent listeners who left reviews. You know that guy, Matt, and Chi Town Hip Hop fan. Thank you, guys. I'll try to keep the show 
show up to the quality that you are asking for. Uh, like the show on Facebook. Follow the Tumblr at improvobsession.com. You can also donate at improvobsession.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Pearlstein and t- rescue me at parties. Uh, that's it. Let's do this. Let's do this Thomas Middle Ditch. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session Podcast with Stephen Pearlstein. My shoes to be. Uh, and some people like I'm like. Like, they come to my place and like, please, please take off your shoes, and they think that's rude. To ask you to take, to ask them to take off the shoes? Yeah, or they think it's like rude to. It's like a sign of like too much comfort to take your shoes off in someone's house. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it does. It does feel very like casual. Like I guess I feel like some people. So button up, man. That's so strange. Really? But it's I don't like know. You're, you're walking around. You can step around, uh, piss and poo and stuff. I, you know, I got I got a robot robotic vacuum. It goes every day. I'm not worried about what's on the shoes. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're, hey, different lifestyles. Different lifestyles. Everything's going to be okay, I think. I think. Um, uh, so, uh, before we start, uh, yeah. do you have any uh, questions or concerns mm-hmm. or thoughts uh, that you want to? I don't know what we're going to talk about, but that's fine. Pretty, uh, I, yeah, it's Im- improv. Okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this guy around here. Do you want to do this side-by-side? Side? This might be my first side-by-side side interview. I'm kind of excited about the okay. idea. Well, well, it, won't be, it won't be more conducive to talk. Well, I normally do it over here and here, but Let's do I that. can totally do side-by-side. Side. Should I yeah. say that? If that's cool with yeah, you. Yeah, if that's yeah, cool yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. All right. I was, I was excited to try something different. But <laughs> no. It's like we won't be able to look at you. Yeah. I'm just going to diddle this uh, guitar as we do it. I insist that you do. Ugh, no way. You fucking hate that shit. I hate when you're like trying to like talk or and someone's just like... Fucking diddling, diddling. It's the worst. Or like when they're like, "Oh, you play," and they take it and they look at you, they stare at you. And say, you ever had that? People are like, "Oh yeah, you ever com- heard of yeah, this?" I'm like, just not comfortable with and that. And it's like, stop looking just, at me while you fucking yeah. diddle. Fidget, fidgeters. They yeah. just need something. They just gotta something. diddle something. It's the worst. Um, all right, hey everybody, welcome to Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host Stephen Pearlstein. Today, Thomas Middleditch is on the show. Hello. Hi. How close do I have to be? You don't have to be close at all. It's a shotgun mic, oh, so it'll shotgun. get you from a shotgun's distance. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Thomas, uh, I mean, I don't what know. What the just... hell? Look at all that Goosebumps collection. Yeah, man, I got a Goosebumps collection. <laughs> Is it yours? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd always what really liked those doing? as a kid. I know. I really liked them as a kid, and then I was like, I'm going to fucking get all the Goosebumps. So I found them on eBay. This is all, this is the entire collection. This is the original series, and there's... 1 through 62. 1 through 62. Plus the bonus edition of Bone Chillers. Bone Chillers. I don't know why that got included. And then there's a a Give Yourself Goosebumps. One of those Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps as well. Are they pretty spooky? The Choose Your Own Adventures? Any of them. Uh, No. Uh, They're all really bad. Have you read them all? I read a few, uh, and they're so bad. They all have, like, incredibly irresponsible adults. Mm -hmm. uh, And then, like, and then, like, yeah, like, this... The kids will be like, Mom or Dad or Grandpa, like, something awful is happening. I need you to pay attention. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. Next chapter. Uh, and then also, nothing happens for about two-thirds of all of them. Ugh. Yeah. They're, they're not they good. S- they sound like a nightmare. <laughs> the books sound like R.L. Stein is not a good writer. It's a, it's, it's a thing. But he's a millionaire. Or she? 
I, I don't know. I, I assume it's a guy. Isn't that sexist? Though? It might be actually. No, I think it's I, I think I've a seen woman. a picture of him or something. I think I've seen like I, I think I remember when I bought the books. Richard Lewis Stein. Is that just again? <laughs> just putting together <laughs> potential names. Rachel Le- Rachel Lee Stein. That could be it's either it too. Richard or Rachel. Those it's going to be something. Names. Oh man! Put that back in order. No, it's 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 yeah. Please actually keep it back in order because I'll I'll have a mild heart attack. Okay, <laughs> I ruined your display within minutes of starting this podcast. Uh, improv. The, yeah, and uh, and this is kind of what the whole show's about. It's just like, what do you see on my bookshelf? Have other people talk about your Goosebumps collection? No, I don't think anybody has actually. Well, people Normally, people go to Seinfeld losers. first. People see the Seinfeld first. Huh? Oh yeah, Seinfeld Simpsons. Seinfeld Simpsons. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's what's going on with my life. <laughs> you, I mean, since we're on it, do you have any, like, complete collections of anything? Oh, my God. You don't know how dark I am, man. I, I, I feel like I understand the idea of it, but I, I don't know. So let's let's just let's hear it. Well, I've always been a real big video gamer. Love, love me my video games. Okay, so, like, what, what type of games are you? I mean, I like PC games. I, there are some oh, cool. console games that I do like because console games are usually always pretty slick because there's like fewer opportunities to patch them afterwards. I feel right. like PC games are like they can release them half baked and but they never actually it. patch them. It feels like yeah. well, I remember experiencing that when I was on it. It was like yeah. it's never it never got fixed. Yeah. They're just problems. <laughs> no, they're just promised empty promises. Yeah. This world. No. <laughs> uh, uh, but I like I like complicated games. Like I like f- simulators. I like flight simulators. Really? I like I have like a whole like three piece setup with a joystick and throttle and pedals <laughs> and stuff. I, ha- I like I've been parts of clans and online regiments and squadrons and all this kind of stuff. Uh, you want it to be hard. I want it to be hard. I want it to be realistic. And I don't like arcadey things. Like I don't know. Ooh. What what should I use it as an example? I don't know. I'm trying to th- I don't know what that means. Like a kind of like disposable games where yeah, like you can really like, start over. Yeah, everything's quick. happening. It's yeah, all yeah. kind of crazy. Like I don't I don't know. Like that X Men arcade game where it's all crazy. I don't like those. Although mm-hmm. back in the day when I like went to arcades, I did like those side scroller beat 'em up games. Yeah, my favorite one of my favorite you know arcade game with quote quarters or tokens uh cabinet is what they're called sure yeah cabinet okay cameras yeah. uh was wrestlefest wwf wrestlefest okay you could it was all the good ones you get warrior <laughs> uh hulk hogan uh, you get macho man earthquake so this is like early 90s right? yeah million dollar man ted dibiase are you wait are Legion you a wrestling fan i was yeah okay. big time i just i was not Masculine enough. I don't even know no, what it is, but I'm just like I don't know think, what it is about wrestling. Definitely not masculine. <laughs> it means no, I never got it. It never meant anything to me. I was like, why are they slapping each other in the oh, chest? No, but it was the best <laughs> in the early nineties and late eighties. You had such ridiculous personalities. Like Hogan yeah. at one point, because this was you know into the first uh, Gulf War. Hogan at one point came on the stage doing his Hogan thing, listening. I'm a real American, <laughs> you know, doing his ear, yeah, cupping of the air yeah, to get he, he And he takes an Iraqi flag and rips it in half. This happened <laughs> for millions of viewers to see. Yeah. Hulk Hogan ripping the Iraq flag in half. It's crazy because yeah, he had his whole feud with the Iron Sheik. Right. And Sergeant Slaughter was a turncoat. Man. Him versus the warrior in their mercy fight. <laughs> Fuck. 
<laughs> I, could, I could tell this means a lot to you. It was so cool, it. man. I, I went through a phase kind of recently of like rewatching all these things. Like, man, when Macho Man and Hogan had their feud and Elizabeth was caught in the middle. And when they finally fought, and oh, when Macho fought Warrior, and it was the retirement match, and Macho Man had to like leave the WWF. Man, Elizabeth was crying. They made up. It was emotional, man. <laughs> Y'all, that shit was emotional, dude. These are these are basically sitcoms for uh, like hyper like masculinized or like oh, oh, yeah. I think it's like like yeah teens muscle men man I used to love just like I mean I used to I draw right and when I was learning how to draw like I would only draw just like ripped Rip, dudes ripped ass <laughs> yeah because it's like it's completely opposite to who I am and what I stand for <laughs> oh no and my funny. dad thought it was real like my dad's British and I remember in ninth grade this is when kind of I got back this is when it was raw you know like WWF raw, raw. Okay, you know yeah. like Stone Cold was was new yeah Warrior came back and had the, this feud with this character called Gold Dust I don't know if you if you, if you don't know so don't know it's Gold like Dust. Gold Dust was like super fey like he was like I'm Gold Dust what and he was like hitting okay. on the Warrior yeah and Warrior like was not into yeah. it yeah a classic hateable character yeah <laughs> some gay lord yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gold Dust gonna kill him like, yeah, get him oh no get him Warrior, what you message is this interdimensional Sunday? psychopath? <laughs> but um, I remember in ninth grade we all got a pay per view, and uh, only one other kid's dad came, and then my dad, and my dad like thought it. He wanted to desperately believe it was real. Maybe he didn't think it was real because his comments were like, "Oh no, oh no!" Like it was, I think it was like Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart or something like that. And he's like. Come on, wake up! Like he's yelling at the screen, and we're like, "Get up!" And like someone's bragging, like turn around to the crowd, like I'm doing. He's like, "Turn, pay attention to the fight!" You know? and, and then he'd be like, something would happen, and he'd be like, "Oh, it's set up! It's set up!" And we're like, "Yeah, of course it is." I was so mortified because oh, no. all my friends were like, "Dude, your dad is crazy," and I was like, "I know. I'm so sorry." Ugh, oh, that's really funny. I love, I love a good, you know, man, WCW, Wolfpack. I remember the Wolfpack being a thing. The I Wolfpack, just, NWO, New World Order. Yep. Wolfpack's song was so ridiculous. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack, or you might end up in a body bag. The first two lines are, like, not good, and then it's just like, yeah, but you might end up in a body bag. Yeah, so it's there not you even rhyme. <laughs> That's horrible. But it was, the, man, the 90s, man. This is good times? Yeah, man. I guess. Yeah. Uh, most of my 90s memories are... Uh, uh, Simpsons and Seinfeld. I was gonna say, actually, I was gonna say like alternative music, uh, yeah. like Alanis Morissette, and Bare yeah. Naked Ladies. I was. Oh yeah. I don't know. What are you Canadian? No. Uh. Oh yeah, those are both Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are Canadian national icons. They are, and uh, and I and I stand by the Bare Naked Ladies to this day. Oh, this is, I'll fight you tooth and nail on that one. You don't like the Bare Naked Ladies? Yeah. Them. Why? I bet you like they might be giants too. You know, I don't know. Wacky they might bands. Be no. Yeah. No. No, but they, know, they're, too, they're too, like, silly. Okay, man. Well, we're going to have to get into some deep cuts. <laughs> you know what? We're not going to talk about improv. <laughs> I'm going to just convince this you. Over. <laughs> this is over. We're going to talk 90s goosebumps, yeah, wrestling, yeah. bare naked ladies. Let's just see what 90s stuff we can get into. Yeah, man. Power Rangers I'd like to get into at some point. I feel like you're probably too old for that. Uh, yeah, fine. I passed on. No, I wasn't too old for it. I just passed. It was weird. I, like, caught myself. In hindsight, I, like, I passed on Power Rangers, passed. Yeah. Like, uh, as a kid being like, no, no. I'm not going to be into it. Okay. And 
uh, pogs, I was like, no, no, it's a fad, and I don't do fads. <laughs> like a little bitch, and I had no friends, so I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm I'm gonna refuse this opportunity to make friends. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> pogs. Fucking <laughs> pogs. Oh no. Yeah. Well, whatever. Been, and you're better off for it. Maybe. Oh yeah. Look how cool I am. Pokemon. The game? No, no. You know, the, it's okay, Not the so cards. nerdy stuff. Yeah. The nerdiest stuff that I was into and actually still do now, uh, like pen and paper role playing games. Okay. So, people don't know, like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And I only played uh, AD and Day, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, like a on. couple times. I actually, back in the day, I played the Star Wars role playing game because Star Wars was pretty important to me at the time before yeah. George Lucas ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about the new three? They're shit. They're the worst. You're already, shit. you're already upset about oh, it. Oh yeah, I mean, and I have trouble getting enthused about this new J.J. Abrams stuff because it ruined. Oh no, it I so meant much. yeah. Sorry, I meant the J.J. Abrams thing. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe, but yeah. honestly, like it was. I had I had it so perfect in my mind, the world and the universe, and it just was like so destroyed that I'm, like, <laughs> Every, I'm done. In the in the Thomas Middleditch mind, everything was okay. Yeah, and, then, and maybe I held it too precious, but it like it really like. I mean, even when he went and redid the, the original, thing, I was like, "Are you kidding me? You can't do well, that." What are you doing? You're messing with stuff. Yeah. But so, and now I play something called GURPS. I've talked about this before on like other podcasts. Yeah. I feel like I might have heard about this. GURPS is generic universal role playing system. To put it short, it is pen and paper role playing game. There's dice, there's characters, there's a game master, there's all stuff. But GURPS is a set of rules that you can use in any scenario. So like you can have one sort of campaign or adventure in a swords and sorcery kind of thing. Sure. That can end and then you can do 1930s pulp action and that can end and it's pretty cool it sounds fun it's not level based it's skill based so you can have like you can be rolling dice to you know do things yeah and it's not combat like you have a bartering skill and you're doing that or like a carousing skill so you can be like a partier and literally like roll dice to see how well you party yeah <laughs> you can see how well you party it's, it's great a- whereas like Dungeons and Dragons like you're only rolling to like hit or yeah like what? I mean, it's like this. It's, it's shit, man. Get, hey, Dungeon Dragons, get over get it. Get on the GURPS, guys. Yeah, get Come on the on. GURPS. There's more than just combat in this world. Oof. This is exciting Oof. to me. Let's talk about improv. Okay, A man. Far less nerdier. Pro- yeah, let's okay. get into something that's uh, universally regarded. As I just cool. want to prove to your listeners that I'm legit. I think I think everybody knows. Um, uh, okay, so. Normally, I kind of start with, uh, like, background and stuff, um, but I, I think I'm going to just skip that. Oh, yeah, I should maybe tell people where they might know you from oh, okay. as an improviser. As an improviser. Because uh, it's mostly for improv. I mean, I guess you could say other stuff. Let's say Diamond Lions out here in L.A. Yeah. Uh, and then there, what, I mean, I guess there's there's also the Improvised Shakespeare Company that was... That's based out of Chicago. Chicago. Tours and stuff. Yeah. There's Baby Wants Candy that's... That's got shows running in Chicago and New York City. Yeah. Out here as well, there's Gravid Water and this show called Snow Pants that Ben Schwartz puts up. Yeah. And, like, we get to improvise with, like, Don Cheadle and Helen Hunt and stuff. It's kind of weird. Super cool. I've never gotten to go to one of those. I'm I like, know. what am I doing? Well, they sell out in the first, like, four minutes. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of crazy. I don't, know. I don't know how to get sh- take reservations for anything at UCB these days. <laughs> Life is very hard. At places I have. I have ticket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so those... Um, yeah, well, I you know I do. I mean, we met doing uh, when I was doing right. We met at Becky's theater. Right? Becky's thing, yeah. So I yeah. mean, like I still do, do a bunch kinds of stuff. Of stuff. All that. Oh, all right. is it really going to go right now? Yeah, hit the hit the orange button. Orange. Yeah. Start. There you go. That's great. Your little Roomba. Yeah. 
It's called a neato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roomba, it's called a Roomba, it's called a neato. Oh, you don't have a Roomba? This is a neato? <laughs> They're better. They're better. Mm-hmm. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm so self-conscious about my robotic vacuum. It's got very 90s design. It looks like a Nintendo. Yeah, it's got an it's got a mid '90s d- design. This is the '90s version of the future. Yes, and that's the best version. You want to talk about the '90s some more? I would be now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So normally I talk a little bit about uh, uh, background, and I think Why I'm going to go backwards. Why do that with me? Because uh, I because I I'm really. Uh, we haven't, don't we have like an hour? We got like all the time. We just, we killed 40 minutes on 90 stuff. Uh, no, um, uh, no, I just want to, because I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, you are, you're my favorite improviser. Aw. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, no, it's, it's totally true. And it's like, I remember I started seeing, I started seeing, and I was just trying to figure out like, I bet my mind has been blown by improv. I've been doing it for about oh, less than three years now. Okay. My mind keeps like, you know, gets blown by improv a lot. Uh, and there, you know, those are the, there are those moments. And I keep on seeing you, and I'm like, "What is he doing? He can't do this. It doesn't." It, so like, so like my my concept of you as an improviser, like I sort of get used to other improvisers. You know what I mean? I'm like, sure, oh, I kind of sure, know sure, what they're sure. doing. And you like scare me. And I think it, I think I've decided <laughs> that the best way to like describe you and like what excites me is like I feel like you're reckless yeah, yeah. in your improvising sure. and I mean that in the best possible way yeah. like it feels like when I watch you you'll make decisions and stuff without any regard for like what it's about to change or happen yeah. I, I, I mean, one of my favorite moments was like you did this thing where you played a, a knife it was at a uh, a diamond line show you were like you were being a knife and you were using your hand as a knife and you like just to move around the stage you like got in front of the knife that was flying at somebody like it was a flying knife that yeah. had been thrown and you were like acting as a knife and you got in front of the knife just so you could like move and then you like realized there's a knife coming at you <laughs> like you were like you were like invested in the reality of it, whatever it was but you just saw a knife coming at you and you got stabbed by the knife you're like you, for, you made a face for half a second of shock and then you got stabbed with the fucking knife and died and that was your whole thing being in the scene uh, you weren't in the scene beforehand <laughs> you weren't in the scene after but for half a second you're like oh shit a knife's coming at me and it killed you and it blew my fucking mind because it's like you can't do that I would have just been the knife uh, I, love, and I love how I'm laughing at my own bit right there it was really that's, great that sounds was, like a really great bit it's, it's a great bit uh, so, I, so like I want to just uh, for fear of time I want to figure out how the hell that happens uh, um, and well you I know what from. I mean I don't know maybe in order to get to that we might need to do it a little retracing of the steps. All right, fine. Let's do that then. Only because, Ask like, me. look, uh, I have to have something in my hands. Uh, I'm going to break these. I shouldn't do that. Hey, man, play whatever you want. You want to read a book at the same yeah. time? <laughs> you There's a Lego, Lego car. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like... Uh, You'll pick up the guitar? <laughs> yeah, let me, let me noodle. Noodle. Yeah, that's it. I was, I was saying diddle before. Uh, you know... You know what I've noticed is like, like I find especially if you go through the UCB system, which breeds very talented improvisers. Um, you, you, a lot of people I've seen that come that are like UCB born and bred, like have like a very cerebral way of doing improv. They are like it's like premise game. It's intellectual. It's it's they're they have to be wordsmiths. Yeah. Um, and it, like you go to an ASCAD actually, and like it's mainly stand and deliver. The people standing. And trading clever things to say, right? And it's 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 funny, like it's intelligent, and you can bring things back and stuff like that. And I I try and get there too. I'm not just like fuck it. I'm just gonna act weird. 
But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me or maybe that's like the weird improv journey that I've come through. But I, although I like to do that and try my damnness to, 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 to play smart like that, I always like I, I can't really do it if it's not coming from a weird place of character or in some weird way absurdity or some kind of weird gut gut thing like that's why i suck at teaching improv yeah. that's why i suck at coaching is because i can't really like quantify it and stuff it's just like it's more like emotional for me does that sound fucking stupid no yeah so, <laughs> and so like and so although like i never even took classes at UCB. i just managed to start you know performing there just because like i'd been performing elsewhere and they they figured it out but like i took classes at like io and second city and i'd been performing I've been doing improv since I was, like, 15 because my school actually had, like, improv teams and yeah. stuff, like, my high school and junior high and stuff. And, like, so a lot of weird short-form stuff. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't even know if that answered the, that question. But there was no question. No, there wasn't. So? It was just open-ended. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of... That's kind of how I think. I think there's, like... There's multiple different schools of thought. And, yeah, there you see a lot of, like, very clever stand and deliver stuff but I'm like I'm physical like on stage I'm usually a hand bone and that's just like gonna be how it is like even in Gravid Water which is like you can't sell out a scene like you're just doing a scene Gravid Water is that show where one person is an improviser one person is an actor and they've memorized all the lines and if you if you make that person if you make the person who's memorized, memorized lines crazy or if you sell the scene short for a little jokes that show sucks. Like you, you have to just have this be a little snippet of life because the joy of watching that is like, oh, it's working, or oh, that line fits, yeah. or like something is said that like, oh, it's so honest and great. That's the weirdest show where like as an improviser you get to like act. But even then, even this show that's like supposed to be in, very integ- have a lot of integrity, which it does, and I love doing it. I still need to like. Usually, I'll like come on and make like a bold choice because I think it's like. Usually, if I'm just like a clever white guy, you know, clever white guy improviser, I yeah. have like I get in my head and I have a real tough time doing it. Yeah, um, that's that's interesting because uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I definitely come from the school of, of clever white guy improvisers and. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I and I don't I don't think I want to be. Uh, I think I think like that's not necessarily what interests me. And like coming into improv, I felt funny before. Like yeah. I felt like I'm like I know how to make fucking wise ass remarks yeah. all day long. That's why my mom hates me so much. <laughs> like I can do this. Uh, and, and and yeah, like you learn you learn that at UCB, and you learn you learn plenty of other stuff. I, I do think um, I think. Your generalization is a generalization, but an, a, a fair assessment, like of, yeah. of what UCB does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it, yeah, that whole. I mean, yeah, you clear, clearly have a, a character-based approach. That's the thing. Well, the thing is, it's like, what I. If you want to just go up and tell funny jokes, do stand up. I mean, you'll yeah. make a lot more money. I mean, and that's what this is all about. Well, I mean, you'll probably have like at least the career is now suddenly about you, and potentially you could do touring colleges, and maybe you'll get famous doing stand up. Like, if you want to tell jokes, do stand up. Yeah. But like in improv, a it's group, you know, you're with other people, but b you're making scenes, like you're doing little playlets yeah. for people. People have paid money to see either a slice of life or something completely absurd or some thematic thing, like you know, like they want to see an improvised like Shakespeare play or they want to see an improvised whatever. Or whatever it is, but you're creating scenes with characters and maybe arcs or at the very least things that get brought back, like 
kind of have to approach it from in some ways an actor's point of view you kind of have to be an actor in some in some way and a lot of people a lot of people that do improv end up having writing jobs but like they're, they're not bad actors you know what I mean does that is yeah. that so douchey what the, what you gotta be an actor no it's, that's, I'm not no. saying you gotta be an actor in order to do it I'm saying you just have to approach it in the sense that like you're trying to create this scene this world this relationship with two people or three people or a fucking a group scene or whatever yeah that's uh, I don't think that sounds douchey I hope that uh, even even at the I think even at the, the pinnacle of uh, you know people standing and delivering lines I don't think that there, anybody goes like yes this is the uh, the ideal of improv is people standing and delivering funny lines even yeah. the funniest lines that kill audiences at yeah. ASCAT and just like this is the best show that people walk yeah, by. Uh, yeah even exactly that, it's and not... I don't want to come across as I'm poo pooing that I mean that's I it's more like oh that's I can't do that that's yeah. like why I, I like and I think it's as like you know, I've, I've seen great shows where that's. It. I remember first coming when I was first transitioning in UCB. I was like, man, these guys are good. Like, you know, Chicago, you could get away with a lot more stuff because it's a very friendly atmosphere. It's like Chicago is a, is a great place if you're like learning improv. You yeah. want to go to the improv mecca. You it's safe. People are supportive. You can do. You can figure it out there. Yeah. And I was like New York when I was in New York seeing UCB guys. I was like, man. These dudes are smart and they hit hard and yeah. they do jokes that bring the house down that like freak people freak out about. Yeah. Not that that didn't happen in Chicago, but it's just like, oh, this is different. Like, yeah, I don't know. All right, I get that. Um, so, so okay, then let's. Uh, I mean, let's let's attempt to uh, try to uh, dissect maybe your approach to scenes or something like that. See if sure. we can find a way uh, to figure it out. Because I, I do, I do think that that's a valuable thing. And and uh, and as much as. You know, personally, I've been working very hard on trying to do uh, start more character stuff, or you know, not not uh, not say a clever line. You know what I mean? Which is like a weird thing. Be like, I just don't want to say something clever right now. Yeah, I can do like, uh, and that and that's. uh, But it's tough. It's tough. I think it's tough to get in the mindset of it. So, um, I mean, maybe 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 we can start there. I mean, is there anything that you you or think like immediately. I, oh, see, maybe that's not it. You're thinking about going going into the scene, or maybe something that you're trying to start with, or I don't know. Yeah, man. Like, let, I mean, let's say this, you is, have... this is why I'm not good at teaching because okay. like, I don't know how to articulate. No, but like in oh, yeah, uh, a lot of the times, like my initiations, because I I do I am a big fan of like sharpshooting. <laughs> Like sure. not being the scene initiator, but just like walking in or yeah. whatever. Like that's that's my my jams right there. Yeah, and those are usually just like this will be funny. This will heighten. I'm just gonna. I just I just want to get in and out. And usually, if you get in and stay in, it's because someone in the scene was like, "Oh, stick around in some way," you know? And yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those are always difficult because you know you got to really think like, is this actually going to contribute or derail the scene or whatever? Like, it's not your job to fix it. You know, all this kind of stuff. Scene initiations are always tough, you know, like because I came from like in Chicago at IO, they kind of just teach you, and Second City especially, they kind of just teach you to just like come in and slowly start this scene and let it evolve, right? Yeah. Whereas like UCB wants you to like those first three lines are like here's your initiation, here's your premise to the scene. Yeah. So it's a bit of back and forth between those two schools of thought of just like let's have this like nice honest like initiation and then or like let's get into this like improvised sketch. Right. Um, man, I don't know. So it's like some nights you just get it. I mean, it's like, it's the difference between like you have some opening or whatever it is, like a 
some from an organic opening to like an interview or whatever it is where you come out of those and you're like I got a ton of ideas or you come out of them and you're like I got fucking nothing so I hope everyone else has stuff you know yeah uh, openings are pretty crucial in order to get what your show is about and what ideas you're going to have and what kind of strong initiations are going to draw from that stuff yeah to just do like a montage with one word is all is sometimes kind of tough you know, because you just you're you're going off of like that very first thing. So someone has like they get that word and they they have that first scene initiation, and often that is kind of like your weird idea generator. That's gonna yeah read the next one. So, so it's like that. it's almost like a short deconstruction or something. Like, yeah, okay, exactly. This is the... So it's just like without without those first few strong initiations, you're like, man, you're gonna struggle with like ideas later on. I don't know. It's like it just it's just gonna come to you in a way yeah and when you're in the scene i find like the biggest thing is like you just gotta listen because in the end all it is is i ping you pong and if you're just doing your own thing it's gonna be hard to like serve it back to that person yeah uh i Um, find it i find it uh so interesting that uh you can you can set up if you set up like okay if you make a funny move to to a, a player, so say like I give I, I paint something on you. We'll say and it's it's hilarious. Whatever that that thing is, it doesn't belong in the scene. And it's hilarious. It's what, but it fits. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without your acknowledgement of it or your comment on it, yeah. it will not get a laugh. No, no. Yeah, you have and, to. It's like that's that whole thing of like it's that it, it, it's like a mistake. It's an emotional reaction. You have to notice these things and be okay with them now they're part of the scene like i crack up all the time in scenes it's just like something that i'm like i'm always aware of and always being like okay this show i'm not i'm gonna be straight face i'm not gonna fucking <laughs> laugh Sound around like me. i love it okay yeah but like i always love it when like if i do that and like my scene partner's like why are you laughing at me like i'm like i love being called on it because that's yeah. happening that's real yeah let's let's address it you know that's 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 being present that's paying attention yeah and you hold on to that stuff, and that's like, you know, it's those things that you hold on to and bring back later. Usually it's the mistakes that end up being the running jokes of the whole show that you see throughout the entire thing. Yeah, that's the stuff to go with. and that's a, Yeah, make, that's, make, you're following that fun thing. Yeah. It's like, everyone's, everyone's like, everyone's starved to be super funny, so they're like, oh, let's get that, because that was hilarious, and everyone attacks it. Yeah. It's like, I find, I always find that when you're in a, when you're in a group of, like, good people, and you're like, this group's killer, it's all people I, like, love performing with, it's usually because you guys are fucking hyenas, and if there's something funny that's on stage, you're gonna, like, take it down to the bone. <laughs> yeah. You know? Everyone's going to get it. And the only reason you moved on is because you're like, there's nothing left. It's, on it's, it's stripped carcass. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, I feel like that's always true. Like it's always most exciting uh, in any scenario, any scene where it's just like, for some reason, everybody is, is like rabid at this idea. We have to, we can't help, but yeah. make it a thing. You can't help, but make it a thing. And then maybe there's someone even on the back line. That's like, there's more of that and I'm going to bring that back later yeah and, you know I love it like, man, I was performing with just last Saturday I was performing with uh, Joe Wenger and man that guy is so good he's good at sharpshooting for like buttons and justifying and putting like a, a context to a scene like 
Man, that guy is super smart. And yeah. he's not... He can do kind of big, crazy characters. Like, I mean, I've seen his show where he's like, uh, John Leguizamo. You seen that bit? I have not, not seen such a good John bit. It's a written bit. And yeah. it's just him, like, on his phone with, like, his wife. And he's just like, I'm just out, I'm outside John Leguizamo's house. John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Like, his wife doesn't understand what John Leguizamo is. It's so simple and retarded. <laughs> but, yeah, he was just so good at sort of, like, contextualizing a ton of madness that was going on in front of him. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of weirdos that were, just, you know, punt, swinging wild. Funny. It was all funny. But yeah, like yeah. we were kind of going, at times, not very tactical. And he would just put it in, yeah. put it in a box, and everyone was like, yeah! Like, they loved it. Like, the crowd was like, perfect! Yeah. Now I can understand what the fuck I just saw. Yeah, it's just enough to keep it in uh, an understandable reality. Because in that, in that like, like, that madness that you say, like, when you go after something really fast, often it's just like, you lose any sense of like where, how, why yeah. any of this thing, these things would be happening, yeah. and then yeah, and then having somebody just be like, uh, "By the way, this does make sense." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, okay, like, great, we perfect. can keep going. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and you know that's you know that's, that comes from a very experienced improviser because some people try and do that and they're just like, "Oh, you didn't need to fix our scene. Like you just kind of like ruined it." Actually, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be you gotta be good at that kind of thing. Yeah, there, there's there's a very fine line between that slowing slowing and stopping and preventing the fun to just like, you know, keeping just just enough to like yeah. keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know it's like and you know what you're talking about of you know, describing that weird knife bit and stuff like that and uh, yeah I've always I've said this before like I'm a fan of like controlled absurdity like things that are because just random absurdity is like too much. But, like, if you're sort of creating this world where it's like, uh, you know, hello, I'm the governor of pants, and you're like, okay, cool, and you're 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 making that fact, and you're, it's all, like, this is all normal. It's maybe a little melodramatic or something. This is all right in my wheel, wheelhouse. I call it controlled absurdity, where you come off doing a stage, and like, that was ins- You come off stage doing a show, and you're like, that was crazy. But I don't think we ever lost control of it. No, I mean, like, we were in charge of that insanity. Yeah. That's what I love the most. And me personally, it's like, I think if you were doing improv in Canada, at least at the time I was doing improv, you were doing short form and you were doing like weird, like very narrative heavy stuff. Like we, there was this show, the biggest, the best, the biggest show when I was living in Toronto, the biggest like comedy improv show was this thing called like, was it Catch 22, Catch 23 improv or something? And it was a, you would get a group together and you would do... It was a scene competition. Or, no, you do games. It was just short form. But anytime anyone did a scene, yeah, it was about how well you told a story in five minutes. It was really weird. Like, the purpose of the game, maybe it was, that was just, like, a fad that all yeah. of us were trying to do. But it was very narrative-heavy. Like, you tell this weird sort of absurdist story. <laughs> it was, like, it was so weird. It was, like, improvised storytelling with scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you only had five minutes. It had to be, like, quick little bits. You're moving on. You're telling the story. Yeah. And that, and then, and then coming back to like, what happened later was I got involved in Baby Wants Candy, which is like you tell, uh, try and tell to the best of your abilities a Broadway musical. It's unlike Diamond Line, which is just scenes in a song. Yeah. It's like a scene montage with songs. Yeah. Baby Wants Candy is a scene montage. Improvised Shakespeare. Uh, Baby Wants Candy is a scene, is a story. Uh, Improvised Shakespeare is a play. You know, we're trying to tell this play. So it's like about 
creating these weird characters, characters, relationships, a couple absurd moments, but usually my brain is like, oh, like, what's the story of this character? Like, what's his, like, arc? You yeah. know? How's it all going to tie together in a weird narrative sense? So that's, I mean, that, that's something that you have going on in the back or the front of your brain, just like, what's going on with this guy? And, like, where where does he need to go type of thing? Yeah, where does he need, it's just, it's come from, like, a, I think that's what my brain thinks about, and also just like the amount of story-based improv, improv that I've done. Yeah, has just always had me of like, you know, like what's this, what's this guy gonna do? Okay, so this has happened in some someone else's scene. Like, okay, so that relationship's got form. Okay, I'm gonna either foil this or help this, or be, you know, you think script-wise almost. Yeah. Um, and conversely, it's always a nice change to just like do montage improv to like be like, fuck it, forget all that, man. And yeah. I'm just going to do some basic scenes. I don't know why I was going with that. I think I just wanted to touch more on your sort of uh, your knife comment. I don't know. Well, that knife bit, it's, I don't know. It, I think that's. I do, I do stuff like that, though. Like, you're it right. Feels like, like, I'll it come feels on like and you do like don't... a fucking chair or some shit. It, it's not, it, you know, it's not, it's not even so much, I guess, about. It's that. It's that to me, like, in that, what I saw, when I do stuff, it's fairly calculated, I feel like. I right, feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like I have a good, when, when I respond as a straight man, or when I paint on, or when I become an object, I have a good idea of what response I'm getting, or what I'm trying to do, or, yeah. like, how I'm helping it. Now, I, when I, that knife bit, what it's interests me about that, it. though. I mean, I, it, to, I don't not think that. Yeah. I don't, it's not like I don't have a voice in my head being calculating and seeing like, is this going to serve the scene? Yeah. Like, I know all the rules. I've been doing it now for like 15 years. Like, yeah. I know what's going on. So I don't want to say to your listeners who are maybe struggling with what you're talking about, just like, do whatever. Like, cause that's not my, that's not the thing. No, I don't, like, I don't, I don't suppose it would be. Yeah. No, but like, but I do like, you know what someone says, someone said to me a few times, and this I'm trying not to be narcissistic. I'm just like it's going to go somewhere. Hopefully, it's like okay. oh man, when you want to want to when you're on stage, it just looks like you're having fun, mm-hmm. and that's for the good shows perfectly true. Yeah. <laughs> for the bad shows, I'm sometimes like painting on a smile when I'm like this is fucking <laughs> shit. Um, but I just like I do it. Like think about this, and I tried to teach, teach a workshop on this and failed miserably because I don't know how to really like describe it. But let me just break it down like this, like. It's improv. There's only a few paid gigs in improv, and it's not very much money. Yeah. Right? Um, it may translate into you being involved in, like, a cool culture, and at the very best, it may translate into a job, but probably some kind of, I, I don't know, audition or invitation to give you writing samples or something like that, right? Right. <clears throat> Um, if, if you're, if, if, even if your desire is to be in the entertainment industry, a lot of people just do it just to be like, they're, they're whatever they have work and they do this for fun, right? which is what it should be. Improv at the end should be something that you truly enjoy doing. And I'm not saying like, man, I've beat my head against the wall trying to figure it out. Actually, just recently I was in a rut. I was like, I think I forgot how to do improv. Yeah. Like that show that you saw actually yeah. was in the midst of this, like, I think I'm forgetting how. Yeah. And uh, it's weird. I was thinking, like, after all this time, and only just last Friday, I did a few shows in a row, and I was like, I was like, I'm getting it. I got it. Okay, I got I'm it. Back. Back. I'm back. Yeah. Like, you can still that always have these, yeah. have these ruts, and it's because you're like, I don't know, in your head, or you feel like you're being stale, or you're, like, recycling things that you've just used, or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's only really, truly good when you're just, like, having fun, and you're, like, with your peers that you like doing improv with, and you just you 
you try not to smile, but you're like having a good time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I just have my instincts are to be maybe a little physical, to be a a weird character, or to be like a, a floating knife. But I also try and like I I don't mind being straight, man. I mean, it's not my favorite, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. I actually don't know if I've ever seen you do it like a good a pure, a pure like straight man scene. Yeah, I usually <laughs> even if I am a straight man, I've got some stupid voice on me or something. It just comes easier as soon as I'm like myself. I'm like this is immediately boring to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, I think uh, I I know plenty of. I think that's I think that's an IO. Chicago thing because like yeah. I don't I, I don't I actually feel pretty comfortable doing something <laughs> like myself or yeah. almost exactly myself uh, and like Craig Kakowski and all yeah. these other why would I want to be myself I'm like I don't know it's real easy <laughs> like, yeah well you know what I think you might be something there's like you know because the show that's revered out there is TJ and Dave yeah and those and both those guys play characters yeah both those guys do a long show that's intertwined in this world and they all play different characters. So when that's like the pinnacle of your sort of like education or at the time when I was coming up, there was this team called The Reckoning and they were just crazy. I mean, like yeah. they would just be on stage and they just like fall on each other. It was like watching kind of like an openings workshop, but so funny. Like yeah. th their openings were always the best and we're always, we'd always be in teams and be like, man, why can't our openings be like them? And yeah. they're just like, we're just doing like an organic opening, but it's not whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. It's like, it's a show and you're like, oh man, this is like theater. This is crazy. Yeah. It's treated like theater out there as le and less of like a thing that you'd see in a comedy club. Yeah. And I think that was just a really good breeding ground. Like it was, it was just suddenly okay to be this character. Like, I mean, I probably would have been I don't know how well I would have done it in going through UCB and the, and people being like, don't, just don't, I can just picture my friend, he's my friend, I can just picture Greg Tukulesco being like, don't do the voice, just be you, <laughs> you know, because he teaches, he's a great, he's well, a Well, Greg used to teacher. be an all-voice guy, too. I know. That was like his thing. Well, the thing is, it comes, you know, Silly it's like accents. when you're trying, yeah, I know, when you're trying to teach, I mean, I get why he says that, because when you're trying to teach fundamentals, you got to... You just got to get those fundamentals in. And I've yeah. actually taught workshops with him and, you know, people are coming in doing voices and characters. Man, I don't know. It's like sometimes the voice and the character gets in the way of actual improv. Mm -hmm. Like you're sitting there worried about doing the voice and the character. And it's like, it's not, it's suddenly like, you're not listening. You're not doing good improv. Yeah. I've seen it a million times yeah. and it's weird. And like, I mean, oh man, how am I going to say this? I sound like a fucking dick. All right, man. Don't but worry people, about it. But people see, people see good character improvisers mm -hmm. and they go, well, I'm just like that. And it's like, well, yeah, you, you could be, yeah, maybe I'm not going to say no, but you're not doing all the stuff that they've learned 10 years ago. Yeah. That was, that was my argument on, on shitty jobs and the Derek guys. A lot of yeah. people, uh, there's a lot of chaos in those shows like yeah. we were talking about before and, and some and and my generation, they're, they're, when they came kind of new, they're like, everyone's like, oh, I do like that, and I'm like, no, you don't, because yeah. <laughs> I've watched it, and it's it's yeah. not good to watch when other people. Yeah, you're not juggling nearly it. as many balls, yeah. and it's not like that attentive. Yeah, yeah. Like, the shows that you watch, you're like, oh man, look at that. I'm not saying don't strive to be like that, man. It was like you know, I mean, I remember when you first started on improv, improv. It's like you feel like you got improv your trading cards. You're like fucking into it, and you're like, man, I got the whole set of the reckoning. You're like, I yeah. love these guys, like or whatever it is, or shitty jobs or what have you. And like, I want to be like that. Yeah, man, have those aspirations, but you know, you got to know that you got to do those building blocks first. Yeah. You got to know that if you're learning, you're still learning. 
and to touch on all this stuff, I can't remember who in my life has said this, but this has come up a bunch of times. You know what I think it is? I think it's my friend Blaine Swin, who's the director in, uh, of uh, Improvised Shakespeare Company, mm-hmm. who says, you know, it's like, it's weird. Everybody in this, in this group, and this, well, I'm going to expand it to improv, has their own superpower. Yeah. And if you think of yourself having like, this is something I do well, that's okay. Because ideally, in any type of group situation, no one can do everything well. Probably, I mean, no, no one can do everything as good as the best person who does it, right? Right. So ideally, in a great group, everyone's doing everything pretty well, yeah. pretty, pretty fucking good. That's what makes it a good group. But everyone's got their superpower. Yeah. Like Gil Ozeri is another fucking guy like me who's just a total weirdo like he's just yeah. like he comes on he's like oh i'm Kelo sherry you know and you're like wow man, what that's a, a really good deal like, <laughs> yeah. he's crazy <laughs> and you know john gabris is this fucking guy he calls it out and like is ruthless with you as an improviser on stage yeah. he's personal and he's like this guy all these people have have superpowers and you know what always what makes a good group is like you're having people that have superpowers that fill in for the gaps that are shortcomings of the other people. You sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't necessarily think it's all that bad if you're that tactical calculating guy. Sure, personal challenge. I want to work on expanding that. I want to be able to do all this other stuff. And yeah. when you're learning, when I was learning and going through college – Improv college when I was going to because I went to Second City and Improv at the same time I learned a lot more from the latter in terms of improv but man there was so many so many times where it's like oh man I'm going to work on this be active and participate in the role of getting better as an improviser I mean why wouldn't you if you're still trying to get yeah, better totally but also be at the same time like when you finally get to the point you're like oh man I'm good or like, or like I'm, I'm at this point in the improv world where I'm fucking like okay cool people respect me <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is it's all about peer yeah. approval right <laughs> recognize and appreciate your superpower you know even if you can't articulate it because clearly I, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying but it's okay <laughs> to have superpowers man I must be the most rambly dude you've had on pretty rambly no yeah, pretty random. <laughs> no, See, it's, this is why I'm. I don't. I don't teach. I can't articulate this stuff. Well, it's interesting. That well, I think that is interesting because that goes back to my I concept. My my concept. My concept of you. My concept of you is yeah. just like this. I, I and 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 quickly to just touch back on the knife thing is like I do. I do feel like you are supporting and then heightening and so like heightening and acting. Like, you know how they're like, oh, sometimes you improvise from the gut. You know, maybe that's a thing people say. Yeah, maybe yeah. You improvise from the gut. Uh, and then whatever comes out is like the thing. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that, in a one way, is like, it sounds stupid to me. But in another way, yeah. like, I get where that is. Because ultimately that knife thing was like, it just looked like you got surprised by the knife. And that was yeah. what I was like. I was like, but you were doing it. Like, you yeah. were doing And that's, well, that's such a actually cool thing. genuinely, I mean, I'm trying to remember that bit. Yeah. And I, and I actually I can't. I, yeah. so I'm, it, was, it was a while ago. I'm but I myself, freaked out. No, but I, I, that is so, that is a very Thomas Middleditch bit. So I guarantee you, here's what happened. I came out. Trying to trying to support because I like because I like to be physical because in yeah. in when I don't know I don't know what it's like at UCB but like when I was learning people are like you know if someone wants to if someone wants to sit on a chair go ahead and be that chair like mm-hmm. be things be abstract 
because again in Chicago it's treated like theater it's treated like a piece of performance art yeah and I'm I'm not, to t- not trying to take away but I think it's like theater versus comedy and those things are totally intertwined yeah. but they're different schools of that totally and so I like it when like you know I like why I like Big Mouth Candy or Diamond Line or something is like when there's a song you can come out and support and like suddenly it's like you know that that uh, it's like a warm-up game or like a class game where you end up being a machine or something oh, yeah, or like sure. one person comes and does this and yeah. you all add on and next thing you're like this steam locomotion yeah. locomotive I, lo- I love that stuff for happening in a show like someone's singing or doing a monologue or something and like around them like they're on a train and suddenly it's a thing I love those physical bits so probably what was happening is I was trying to support being this knife and doing a bit being a knife being a knife and then literally somehow it turned that I was now it was now coming to me and I was like I literally, as a brain, as a human, being like, there's a knife coming to me. Let's turn this into a bit. I'm scared. It probably, I didn't even have time to think, let's turn this into a bit. Knife, oh, ooh, oh. and just being physical. Because I'm yeah. always trying to infuse some physicality in it. Yeah. Like um, that Gravid Water show, a lot of it is two people just having a conversation, which I think is really nice. I love those scenes, especially in that particular show, based on the premise, based on the discoveries that the audience and the improvisers and everybody makes. Mm-hmm. But even in that, I try and be, I want that, I want to be the one in that group of scenes, I want that scene to be like, that was like, a, that had like a different energy that had like more energy in it right and I've done the lower energy ones like uh, cause I'm also looking at the show and being like what could this maybe need what does this show need yeah like if the first three scenes were like real quiet sleeper scenes yeah like I'm gonna come out and be like let's fucking kick this up a notch yeah man I don't know but yeah it's like <laughs> I just, it's trying to like live in that live in the moment which sounds so fucking it's, it's, it's ultra cliche because even now well, it's, what we're yeah, all trying to do it is but it's uh, but it's not I mean people say it for a reason because ideally we'd all we'd all be doing it we'd all be achieving that I mean because like it, 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 okay so like we get back back before I said something like it's you know you, it's, you, you do a bit or your partner gives you something and if, if, if your partner doesn't pick up on it or do something or comment on it even if they don't make the you know the big joke out of it. if they don't at least take some of the joke then it's not as fun it's like that shared it's that it's that it's that sharing it that i think the audience really like that's the really thing that imp- the improv audiences like is they really really like it when a joke is shared when it's built when they can see it come together as opposed because oh, yeah. like it's not because yeah because if it was if it was you could just do goofy bits all day on the yeah. side of the stage and like everybody could do their own goofy bits by themselves and it'd be it just would be funny. It would yeah. it'd be it'd be closer to stand up or something like that. Yeah. But but so when it comes when it comes together, uh, like in the, that's what that's that thing of like living in the moment. Or I guess yeah. it's like actually taking stuff and using it. And then but like what what I and then what is to me so interesting about like what saying like say you is like that that knife bit is like a a moment of doing that to yourself. That you were, oh, yeah. you know what I mean. I, like, like, I want to do bits for me. <laughs> and no, I don't. No, no. I mean, I don't. I don't think of it as like doing bits for me because, like, okay, I could do because I could go and be like, I'll throw a knife, and then I'll go get stabbed by my own knife. That's different than I'm doing a knife and I'm supporting somebody else and I'm I'm being surprised by my own moves. Like, you're, you're, uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, like, yeah, that's like living in the. That's, that's like, like living in the thing. And that's such I'm going to do this bit, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I've done bits before, yeah, and yeah. you know, I can, I can, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I'll just hit the accelerator by myself and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But but that's a different thing, and like yeah. that 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 is in well, a weird way. But look, that's just like if you think about it on the simplest of comedic terms, that is just a physical thing. That's yeah. a physical bit. It's completely visual. So like we're miming it out right now. Nobody's really nobody fucking gets it. Going on. So. <laughs> So I'm like make a gift that, to explain it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like that's, but that's like I. I mean, I love those little physical bits. Like I, I've always tried to initiate from time to time. It's hard to do it with certain groups, and whatever. I've done a couple scenes in, in in space and time where there's been no words said. You know, it's like when you're when you're doing heralds. When yeah. you're first doing heralds, like on a herald team, and you're opening scenes and then a game. Like, I remember always trying to initiate games where it's just, like, a little Charlie Chaplin style. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. Where it's just bits. Like, I remember the very first Baby One's Candy show I did. At one point, I died. Like, you know what I did? This is, like, kind of an example of, I think, maybe what we're all talking about is, like, I think there were zombies coming or something like that. Sure. And I was, like, in the heat of the moment, just, like, go run, save yourself, and I fucking <laughs> took out a shotgun and blew my brains out. Yeah. And on stage, like, ending my character's arc. Yeah. It turned out that I would come back as a ghost. But at that point, I was like, fuck it, go, go save yourself. I can't handle the fucking pain. Like, blam. <laughs> and then not only did I blam, I put my hands up behind my head and mined the blood on the wall. Yeah. Then as I died, I did little X's with my fingers <laughs> over my eyes and, like, went. That's how I died. So it was like, gun slam, blood, X, X, X. <laughs> Like, I just like... That's insane. Because to see that, when you do X's, clearly I'm doing it with my fingers. But you know, like, oh, he's doing the cartoon X. Like, yeah. Like that. So, like, I, I mean, that's just the... I mean, that it's just kind of how, like, my my brain works. I, that, that might be my superpower. I don't know. Yeah. And, because, uh, like, my superpower definitely is not coming in and doing, like... Here's my two sentences that lays out a very hilarious premise for this scene to be. Yeah. I'm much better at you laying out that premise and me responding to that and heightening it and making that a thing. Yeah. But that first, like the, those initiators, those little smart little compartmentalized things, yeah. I can do them. I've had moments where I'm like, I'm good there. I'm really good. Look yeah. Me. Look at me. Look at me being the heady one. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's not, it's not my superpower. Yeah. I love it. Uh, uh, there was a there was a, an article online not too long ago. It was about the Avengers and what type of improviser each Avenger was. Uh, it was really good. I was yeah, like, yeah, superpowers. Uh, I get same. that. I get that as a, a thing and a perfectly uh, valid analogy. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, then let's. Uh, let, you know what, man? We did. We covered a lot. A lot can you stuff. believe it's already been fifty minutes? Can you believe that? It's fifteen. 50. Oh. 5-0. Yeah, 15. Uh, that was a fast conversation. <laughs> uh, wouldn't, that, wouldn't, that, wouldn't you kind of be sad? Like, oh, man, we're going to do more. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, like, oh, that's interesting, man. I was like super – I clearly was very passionate about it. Um, all right. So I, 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 every now and then I get uh, user-submitted questions. User-submitted questions – that doesn't sound right. Listener no. submitted questions. Sure. Yeah. You, 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 user, you have an app? This yeah. An that, that felt, why'd, that, why'd that feel? Yeah. Please I don't register. know where users come from. Uh, but uh, some Mono Agapian is a theater. He's a performer. Theater, he actually he asked uh, what a... Oh, what let me... Do, wait. Before you ask that, let me just touch on something. Do it. Oh, my God. Screw you, Mono. No. Mono, I fucking want to talk to you. 
But this was something that I was thinking about when we were talking, and I was like, I don't really know when to put this in. Okay. <clears throat> I'm so I'm really glad. Although she is kind of like, no, she's actually she's Chicago too. She's everything. Chicago boom, UCB. I'm really glad that Becky has started up her theater. Yeah. Because right? in in Chicago, and she knows this because she came up there. There in Chicago, you've got multiple schools. So if you're banging your head against the wall, going through Second, Serv- Second City's conservatory program, you can go to I.O. And if I.O., if you're in some right you're like, I can't figure this out, you can potentially go to the Annoyance and learn sort of like, hey, man, go on to your stage with something else. And like, just it's your thing. Like, yeah. you can get all the well-rounded things. There's even playgrounds. There's even kind of like niche, more niche yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. There's all these different schools of thought, which is like so important for if you're – Bashing, I mean, it's expensive too, but like you're bashing your head against the wall on something, you can get this epiphany because improv is all philosophy, right? Yeah. It's all philosophy. And it, it, it depends on how well you can execute that philosophy. So if, and if you haven't had this epiphany about this factor X, it's hard to like get there, right? So it's about like wrapping your mind around all this stuff. And it's always so much better to have these different schools of thought. I mean, there is IO. That's like, you know, there's IO out here. I'm, I'm bittersweet about that. Like, yeah. I'm happy that there's a branch out here, but it's like, I mean, it's like a bar first and foremost, which is like, yeah. I've told Sean, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But like, and, and there's <laughs> Second City, you know, there are different training training programs, and I would uh, encourage any improviser, like, especially if you're on some wait list to get into 401, you're like, I gotta wait eight months. Like, well, then don't yeah. stop don't just not learn yeah if you have the money I know probably most starting improvisers are like I work at a fucking <laughs> manure shoveling plant yeah. you know uh, this, it's a big business here in LA dude I mean I was like I was a dog walker <laughs> so I would just encourage like definitely don't stop don't have like a few months where you're just like not learning or doing shows that's like that's total death go see if you can get in any class learn different philosophies especially if you like just if you're learning this yeah. is in your first few years of stuff. yeah i don't know why i wanted felt like to need to say that just because i felt like in chicago I, got, I was fortunate enough to get like a nice well-rounded yeah approach and see these different s- schools of thought and especially having that education and then going to new york me like holy shit there's more there's like there's even more yeah it's great uh that's it. <laughs> no, I like enough. it. No, no, they're, they're, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I've I've done uh, UCB, I've done IO, done some Second City, done the improv space, I've done some stuff with Miles Stroth. He's got his own workshop going on, yeah. uh, and it's way too much money. Uh, yeah. But but there there is a, there is a way to do it all much smarter than I did, or much cheaper than I did. And yeah. uh, and yeah, and it's and it's you can all call about it, you can call it a, you can create your own limit too. Like. Totally. I mean, I'm not saying you have to do everything. Just do a no. couple things. Yeah, that was, yeah, exactly. And here's really cool, too, is, like, there's, like, a weird, like, uh, there's a pretty cool indie improv circuit here in Los Angeles. Yeah, there's a, that that's the cool thing about it is, like, people are feeling much more confident to start doing shows. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in a way. Well, like, know, people you know. doing, like, out of 201 or putting together teams and, like, going to all these indie nights and you're like... Oh, okay. Hey, cool. Look, like, it's good to get up. It's good but. to practice what you're learning for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's totally good. I mean, that's what, whenever I was taking classes, was, was totally and completely encouraged. Yeah. I think you should be doing that. And especially, you get to learn more about yourself as an improviser, who, what type of person you like to improvise with. Yeah. 
and then eventually get to this point, hopefully, that when you get to your whatever audition at whatever theater you want to be at, you can be put on a team. Yeah. I mean, IO doesn't even really... I mean, do they even do house teams, really? They do, yeah. Uh, you can go on house teams there or even just put together your own show. IO is all about, like, can you just put butts in seats so as long as you can do that yeah it's that. funny we got uh we I did a sketch show there sunday and uh we got an email from james grace that he said yeah. he was he said he, he said very excited about the show he's very like i was like was he there yeah i uh, he goes no but he saw the seat count and it was really good and that's like, good no i was but... like well no but, like what hey and i totally get up. the business but i was just like no, damn it i want i would <laughs> you want validation for your work i kind of like, i kind yeah. yeah i kind of wanted to just be like and that one sketch was yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the art of satire at its pinnacle you're like yeah, yeah. damn it <laughs> it's just yeah. like good good numbers man i know good seat numbers <laughs> and good uh bar bill at the end that's what it all is about but that's i mean they're running a theater and, so, and unfortunately kind of a strange location right there on hollywood boulevard yeah so they, they have some different concerns yeah um but yeah like that i mean second city space is really good it's just tough to get people to come up there second city is tough there that's it's even harder to get parking there than it is at io i know but the, sp- the little theater there is really nice it's nice yeah it's very nice i just wish it was like easier more accessible yeah, I guess. which is again why i'm glad like i think becky's uh, clubhouse thing is like a really cool like uh yeah uh, I don't know incubator, which is probably something that she, a word that she'd use to describe. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, hopefully, everybody who's in LA, well, everybody who's in LA and doesn't prep knows about that. Does all the because all the indie shows are there now. And yeah, that's kind of cool. Get it under one, get it under one roof. But also, you know, like people still want to do shows elsewhere. You know? so. So there's enough people that w- want to yeah. do improv. Improv now is like, you know, I want to say like, oh, now, like when I was going through school, but it, was, it wasn't. But I was even of the year that was like, old timers were telling me like, man, when I was going through classes, like they took classes from Del Close and they're yeah. like, improv was like only like a handful of people were doing it, you yeah. know? And now it's even more and now it's even more. Yeah. So, yeah, man. You know, if you're if you're having trouble like ha- getting the one slot on a UCB Herald team, don't let that stop you fucking doing it. Yeah, I love it. Just you know, make sure. I ju- I would I would caution good. anyone to describe themselves of an, as an improviser. I would say describe yourself as like a comedian. Yeah, or I read an I read an interview something. where you said that, and I was I was curious why. Well, I mean, someone, just... I remember having I, I heard second maybe third hand some debate between some guy in Chicago and because. Me and this guy, T.J. Miller, we put up a show sure, yeah. in, in, at, at I.O. where it was kind of a, we would we would have like an opening act of sketch or even stand-up, and mm-hmm. then we would do improv. And it was kind of like sacrilege at I.O. because we're like, no, this is an improv theater. And it's like, nor does it really say that. I mean, it says improv Olympic. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like it, who cares? Like, it should be all in. It's like, why are you so much hate? And like, we got kind of got boycotted right yeah because <laughs> it's like this isn't a club man this is like some, but i was like i think describing yourself as an improviser especially if you want to be in show business maybe that's not your goal yeah but that's pretty limiting you should be why would you only want to do one facet of 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 comedy and performance right i mean i love doing improv i do stand up from time to time to challenge myself not because i particularly like i'm in love with it yeah i do sketch from time to time just because like let's switch it up yeah i love improv that's my passion but whenever i get introduced as an improviser i'm always like oh man just take a meeting man i also write i'm an actor I'm like, yeah well, i'm not that i just caution anyone to describe themselves as an improviser yeah uh i i get that i think uh, i think i think it's it's more often than not about uh 
perception of what it means to be an improviser. Yeah. Uh, like other people, uh, I think see improvisers as uh, people who do silly bits of nonsense, and and I yeah. and I tend to think of an improviser as uh, an actor and a writer and a director and a comedian. like, And that's what that yeah. means to me. Because you, you're doing all of that Definitely. at the same time. But, but that, other people do not go like, oh, wow, you've got a lot of skills. People go like, oh, you're going you're gonna to clap yeah, and yeah. get in the scene? Like, I don't want to see that. Definitely. and that's But that's your definition. And most yeah. people's definition is not that. And to, a lot, to the outside, an improviser is, and especially in the business, an improviser is like a guy that does a show that more often than not you meet an improviser and you're like okay uh, what I am I going to drag myself out to go see it and it, it translates very little into like actual work in yeah. the business so it's like I would just caution you if you do I mean now we're talking show business but if well, it's like, like business goal, yeah you know, whatever. Well, I want to get to Mono's question. Well, no, okay. wanna, well, what do you want to do, business or Mono? I want to talk business because that's an interest because I almost never talk about it. Uh, uh, I mean, so like you, you've you've got you got a couple movies. I was very excited to see you in the fun size trailer. Like uh, I yeah. like me, uh, me, my friend Alicia and I go to Diamond Mine. She, uh-huh. she freaked out. We're like, it's Thomas. It's yes, but it's fun size. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it. Uh, so <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's you know. But I saw the campaign. I was very excited about that. I was very pleasantly surprised to see you in that. Yeah. Um, so, but no, I mean, clearly you found um, uh, some level of success that, uh, uh, I mean, no, that is, that is, uh, you know, you were going to be on the, the office spinoff. I mean, you, I see, I see your name popping up all the time. You're a hot commodity. Uh, I mean, how, I mean, in my mind, I definitely see it that way. Uh, like, how do you, I don't know, how was there, are there steps or actions that you've taken maybe, because, you know, you, you did say that, you, you know, you do improvising a lot and uh, these other things necessarily aren't necessarily your passion stand up I, there was a model for being a stand up comedian and then becoming an actor and doing yeah, a sitcom yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that that's as clear for improvisers so I mean I no. wonder what well you're... because there's so many I mean like the whole yeah. premise I mean you go up after shows and when they're plugging classes like you can do this too A I disagree with that statement I don't think everyone can do it and yeah. I think the generalization and the accessibility of improv is the reason why we don't get paid however that's my own little argument mm. but um <laughs> But I think there's just – I mean it's, it is it is something that you can just sort of like do because, it, look, it's so easy. Just making it up. I can do that. You know, whatever. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, the transition – man, I, A, you, I get that perception of like, you know, crushing it or killing it a lot. But like the reality of the situation is like I stay at home like all day and I don't like have anything to do. <laughs> I mean like, the, you know uh, – I'm super happy I got this. I got another pilot, and we're going to shoot that next month. But if that doesn't go to series, it's back to just, like, chilling. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a bit of a weird... But, thing. I mean, that's like, the life. That's the life of that's an That's the life, anyway. unless you're, like, fucking a super working, like, yeah. guy. Like, um, which there are people like that. Uh, I, can't, I can't give any type of formula for it. I can only tell you what I did and what I've perceived to have worked. And it's it's not really improv. Improv has gotten me into the into the world of knowing people I like to do comedy with, being funny and having people be like, that guy's funny, I want to work with him. So mm-hmm. me choosing and me being chosen, mm-hmm. being involved in the world of comedy and thinking comedically, having peers of hilarious of hilarious dudes and girls, and just being in a community of like cool, like minded scholars and gentlemen and ladies. Yeah. That's that, and, and also to feed the the desperate need that I have to perform and get validation from a live audience, <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. And the joy of 
we're all discovering at the same time. So that's like what improv is in terms of it relating to the business nowadays. Now, after having things, I can get people, directors, whatever agents, whoever to come see shows and hopefully impress them. Hopefully it's a good show and I impress them and they're like, I want to work with that guy. Yeah. In some capacity. So now it, now it's actually more useful for the biz than when I was just starting out. Right. But my journey, you know, it's like, I would always suggest, Use improv for those reasons, but to transition in the business, honing a voice, finding a cue, film stuff. Yeah, so uh, film and stuff and put it on the internet and do as much as you can to do that. The thing that, like, the, my first thing that went, that went, that turned into something filmically wise was I did a thirty second bit with me and my fan Fernando outside of the Wrigley Field. We're eating chicken McNuggets and I did a little stupid rap like I'm into nuggets, y'all. I'm into nuggets and it went viral and McDonald's bought it and that was like my first commercial. It's something that I made that went viral and they paid for me. That's cool. You know, got like that, and I got I got an agent and a manager because they were like they called someone at Second City, being like, "Who do you have that's working with you that's like doing that's like doing video content and stuff?" Mm-hmm. And they sent all my stuff, and they happened to they just happened to like it. Yeah, good. Produce, keep doing stuff, and in LA, making films, making little shorts shouldn't be a problem. No, it's definitely not. Uh, so, so uh, maybe I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to say what I think your points are again just to reiterate is uh, and maybe elaborate if I'm wrong uh, you, improv uh, finding finding a, a community, community. Uh, getting a voice maybe yeah. or like honing the comedic sensibilities mm-hmm. uh, people people that you like people that like you uh, and then and then the other side of it is uh, scripted visible work like yeah. thing because that, that you, I have mean, to have res- the- you have to have like a body of work yeah you know, and if you want to be a writer, you should be outside of your show that will take up one hour of your life every, yeah. <laughs> and on any given night. You should be, like, writing and doing sketches or doing scripts and whatnot. Yeah, all those And things. if you want to be an actor, you should be creating things, like, sh- and make sure they're short. <laughs> Shorts. Yep. It's the, it's the resume of the 21st century. Yeah, I mean, Viral I videos. hate to sound so fucking dumb, but, like, the new media, like, YouTube, like, just buzzwords, but, like, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff helped me. It's true. And if you're doing it with people you like, I mean, like, workaholics, those dudes were just doing internet shorts before that show yeah. was done. And they don't even do stuff. They don't do stuff at UCB. Yeah. So... Let's let's everybody quit UCB. We can go do the workaholics thing. Uh, no, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you if your desires are to get in the biz, you have to do more than just improv. Again, to reiterate, don't think of yourself as just an improviser. I like it. All that's right. just a cautionary tale about the biz. But I know we no, that's, we kind of moved away from no I mean, philosophy, which I was totally horrible thing. at describing anyway. Don't even worry about it, man. Don't even worry about it. People will listen to this twenty times and we'll figure out what you meant. <laughs> it'll be like really writing good. a code. They have a code. Wheel. Okay, well, I gotta release the code. Spinning wheel. the wheel. <laughs> like, okay, so I think what? Yeah, yeah that's I mean, honestly this is honestly why when people are like, hey, you want to coach my team? I'm like, no, just because like I'm bad. Like I yeah. can't. I'll sit there and watch it, and I'll like. And my feeling, I'll be like, this is this needs to be fixed. But what will come out of my mouth, I can see the look on people's faces like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, does that make sense to you? And they're like, yeah. They're just saying yeah <laughs> to get it to stop. Oh, like, I'm just not good at it. That's too bad. Uh, man, that's too bad. Uh, that's all right. Good improviser, so you don't need to be a good coach. Uh, so let's – okay, so Mono's question. Let's get to it real quick, and then we're going to wrap this up. Mono said, as of now, what excites you about improv? Is there anything that you're like – is that it, is it exciting for you? Hmm, one like, like facet of improv. I don't know. Any, or, or multiple. I don't know. Whatever. What excites me in improv? Are you over it? Absolutely not. Um, 
Man, I just like that genuine discovery. Well, like, I'll t- say it's sort of t- two points. One, I was talking about that rut, you know, and then yeah. this last weekend I just had great shows. This was like, uh, coming out swinging, these scenes are, are, it's just good improv. Everyone's listening. Things are coming back. Things get played later on that are really smart. And it's like, oh, yes, like, I feel, that makes me feel great when things kind of, when, when it's crazy and silly, sure, but then there's kind of like the overwatch of like really intelligent play. Yeah. You know, because I used, I've done shows. I, we had, I had seen Law Firm in New York at UCB that for a while we just did what I called popcorn shows, which are, they're totally funny. Yeah. But in the end, you're kind of like, ah, uh, I feel a little sick because like for dinner I just had popcorn. <laughs> yeah. But I love yeah. popcorn. Yeah. But, Everybody likes popcorn, but yeah, it's not, not yeah. the best. Um, and I actually forgot the other part, but that's kind of what excites me about improv. Oh, shit. Oh, well. I'll get it just as soon as you stop recording. Yeah, that's fine. That's a that's a speaking technique I learned, is you never say how many points you're going to make. You just make your points. Oh, interesting. Because if you forget one like that, uh, who's that guy who did it in the presidential debate? He's like, there's three departments I'd like to cut. Dot, dot. He and, forgot the oh, last shit. one. And he, yeah. free, and, he free, and, I, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the saddest thing in the world. I'm like, man, that's, a, that's why they teach you that in speaking. You never tell them how many points you're going to make because oh, you'll funny. fuck it up. Yeah, they totally will. Um, all right. Well, then uh, let's uh, – l- then we'll try to wrap up if you remember it really It would have really, like, been the epiphany that everyone was waiting for. Really? That would have been it? Damn it. <laughs> the whole reason that they were listening for the fucking podcast is just it. gone. Sorry. Ah, Thomas, to go you're killing me. killing me. Go back. Let's go. Right. Like, not even Beetleborgs. Did you try Beetleborgs? Come on, Beetleborgs. What the fuck? That was a, that was a, that Yo, was man, a weird don't trip. offshoot of Power Rangers. <laughs> All right, let's 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 do this. All right, uh, so last segment, classic segment, pearls of wisdom. Uh, note, feedback, advice, uh, something that you got, or or tell people maybe an improv that really affected how you thought about it. Is there something? Is there some advice that you're like, oh yeah, this is really thoughtful. I'm going to use this or. Mm. Like a uh, like a philosophy, a thing. Yeah, I don't know. It can be. It can be. It can be. Pro like, wisdom. Yeah, pro wisdom. Man, I, like my, one of one of my favorites was somebody just told me like asked me like, well, why didn't you just choose to do the fun version of that scene? Like I, I'd been disappointed that I was at a place. I wanted it to be like Chuck E. Cheese. And like, well, why didn't you just make it at Chuck E. Cheese and have fun with it? I'm like, oh yeah, that would have been a lot more fun to just do like the fun right. scene. Uh, so I don't know, something like that. Drop or, knowledge. Or. Uh, or specifics beget specifics. I think that's uh, Craig Kukowski. Yeah, specifics. I like I ping you pong. I ping you pong? Yeah. I love it. Or you ping I pong, whatever. Whatever you want to do it. So, well, somebody's like got a ping, somebody's got a pong. Yeah, it's just like, you know, one person does it. Like, you know, you start, you initiate a scene. You may have come in, two people come out. One, they both got ideas. Yeah. Uh, one, the first person initiates the scene that second person either has a split second to decide if what they thought what they wanted to do can fit into that or if they simply just have to abandon it and serve that thing right I mean that's just like you just have to take what's what's said and you have to respond to it if you just bulldoze your way it's just like you're watching two people that aren't, aren't listening to each other yeah oh, shit Shit advice. Shit. No, hey, that was good. <laughs> Be kind to yourself, Thomas. And yeah, it's like, and you know, you want to get to a place when you start getting out of class and performing and stuff like that. It's like you want to just get to a place where you just like have a bunch of people that you enjoy performing with. Yeah. 
I want to I want to tell a story just because it's like one of my favorite moments in all improv, and it's, a, well, it's, it's about me. Cause, it's too uh, bad because we're pretty much over time. No, I'm not going to do that to you. Wouldn't it be the worst? Are tell we me a story. Over time? No, people will listen for days. One of the th- one of the moments in improv like that's always gonna always gonna stick with me. There's a baby wants candy show, right? It's for the DC Comedy Festival, and the space, the store was just t- the space was this sort of like a, a theater. It was a pretty decent sized theater. It's the stage, and then they had some like elevated platform. I don't know for whatever pro- productions they did. You can go behind stage and walk up the stairs and get to this elevated platform. Yeah, there was like I don't know, ten or twelve feet off the ground. Yeah, maybe more. Twelve, yeah, whatever. And so. The show the title of the show was called Joseph Stalin is my milkman. I'm Joseph Stalin. There's other people that's like FDR and uh, Churchill and stuff like that. And I can't even really remember what the show was about. But essentially, okay. I had to learn some lesson. Probably like less control is better. Everyone's going to get more happier or something like sure. that. But at one point, I'm up top on this little elevated platform delivering this speech, right? And uh, knowing me, my probably my shirt's undone because <laughs> I had to like, oh yeah, because I'm a skinny dude. And I was like, I literally pulled my part, my shirt apart to show the world my sweet abs, even though they're not there. <laughs> so, you know, this is an escalated bit, but I'm just sort of letting you know where, where it was. And so, uh, yeah. the shirts up and all this kind of stuff. And then there's my the rest of the team, the rest of the group is below me, and we're all like, kind of like singing the song to wrap up the show. And I've learned the lesson, and then they have a brief pause in the song, and they're like, you know, and someone says, Mary McCain, she's a total loon, she pipes up, she's like, really, the only way to truly learn your lesson is if you do a trust fall off that ledge into, into our arms. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then, it, it, and I, to, 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 it had been a really good show up at that point. So the yeah. audience, you know, who are all like Washington, D.C., like improv guys who yeah. I'm sure are totally starved for like a crazy show are like yeah they like go crazy <laughs> and I'm like oh okay cause I'm not gonna say no to that a challenge fuck you <laughs> and they're all like they're all like holding they're all holding their arms out just like out and yeah. I'm like lock your arms lock your arms like do this please not gonna for work. Christ's sake just do this and they're like okay 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 <laughs> and I'll never forget it like it was just a really good symbol of like trust amongst your peers You've had a really great show, and like, really, the way to escalate this thing is to kind of do something crazy. And in this world, in this weird world of absurd musical improv, this like, it suddenly makes sense in this narrative for the protagonist to suddenly like leap off the thing into the arms. And I did it, you know, my shirt's open, <laughs> I leap off into their arms, they catch me, we all strike the fucking last note of the goddamn musical, <laughs> and like, the, the, the roof of that theater like blew off i mean i don't know i'm not trying to like brag or anything i'm just letting like there's profound moments in improv that like will stick with you forever a lot of it bleeds into one you're like like you're telling that knife bit i'm like i don't remember that like yeah that's just like old classic middle ditch bits but like that moment in time was like oh epiphany like trust isn't this a beautiful symbol of what this art form is about? Yeah. And also just the success of that show and that little, that particular moment was just like, man, that will go, that will stay with me until I can't remember things. I'm so old. I can't remember things. <laughs> I like it. You know, like, yeah. I don't know what that symbolizes. Maybe someone can take something away from that of just like, oh, at the very least of like, man, I can't wait to get there. Or at the same time, like, oh, cool. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. But like that, that, that's a moment. Yeah. It's get, you know, it, and part of it, that's like giving, like give, giving 
giving into the thing and then also giving the audience a little something because if clearly if that's not like planned then too like they love you know they'll they love it freak you know out it could have gone it. i mean i remember after the show the stage manager's like don't how could you why would you do that like she was freaking out like yeah. don't ever fucking do that because if i'd have missed and i bailed i mean there's a <laughs> other side there's another there's, story yeah it's that story of he broke his fucking <laughs> nose and bleeding yeah. just and profusely and then like couldn't really finish the show no. and yeah. so we had to like oh he's okay but like he was not there so clearly he's not okay yeah there's the other <laughs> version of that show where it went it went horribly but yeah. i don't know well, we learned something. Well, there's a certain amount of risk in improv, too, you know? And that's why it's a group thing. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to go out, even in... You have to kind of go out on limbs when you're initiating or doing bits and stuff. Yeah. When you're just doing things, and people, by listening, are catching you. Yeah. In a weird way. See, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's the thing. You're really... You're reckless, and it's great. And you uh, go with it. But people... I wouldn't have been like that if I hadn't got them to lock their arms or yeah. whatever. You know, it's like... And it wasn't even my suggestion, but I was just like, fuck yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Fuck yeah. I love it. But it is that, yeah, no, I get, uh, yeah. Controlled recklessness. Controlled I'll recklessness. take reckless if you put controlled in front okay. of me. Okay, I'll put controlled Because I'm not doing it without any, without thought. I, I do, I, I, it's important to have that. Yeah. And again, I mean reckless in the nicest way possible. I'll I mean it, it in the controlled reckless way. I'll, t- I'll take that. <laughs> All right, Thomas. Uh, this, this, we, we, we did great. Uh, let's, uh, we did, <laughs> I know we have it. No, we have. You're going to rank. D- I'm, I'm not. I'm ranked 99th out of. Please don't even. Seriously, I really late. enjoyed this. This was good. <laughs> I want to, if you want to plug or share anything with the listening audience uh, before we go, if you want to tell them about our shows, if you want to tell them one more anecdote or do you want to get them to follow you on Twitter, anything at all, uh, it's your time. Uh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Middle Ditch, or you can see Diamond Line shows, or Gravid Water shows, or Snow Pants shows, or and then send positive vibes into the universe that my pilot gets picked up so I can work. <laughs> all right, everybody, cross fingers and have some positive vibes for Thomas Middle Ditch's new pilot. It's gonna be great. Uh, all right, dude, thank you so much. This was a all lot right, of fun. Right on, man. Thanks. <laughs> It was really fun. I'm not. I'm not kidding. This was. This was good. Okay. Hey everyone, that was the Thomas Middleditch episode. I hope you found that as informative as I did. I know I'm excited. I got to sit down with Thomas. He's one of my improv heroes, my idols, uh, and I know I'm not the only one. I know people have been asking for that. Anyway, a couple of quick plugs for shows I am doing March 7th, 8 p.m. at the Clubhouse. I'm doing Where Eagles Dare with a mashup team, and my new best friend Aaron Whitehead is going to be on the show with me. She was on the show a while back. We're going to improv together. Come watch the magic. Also, you know what? Go check out Where Eagles Dare. They run a cool show every every other Thursday, I believe. They blend sketch and improv and mashup teams, and they run a cool show. That's at the clubhouse. Check them out. Like them on Facebook. Uh, March 9th, 8.30 at the Improv Space. I'm doing the March Madness Tournament with Remember the Alamo. Last year, we were the Alamo. We only got to the second round, uh, and we're looking to do better this year. Anyway, looking forward to doing that show. It should be super fun. March 10th, 8 p.m. at El Cid. My sketch team, Dumb Shit Mountain, is doing El Show. It's a cool show. It's mostly stand up and a bit of sketch uh it's a good show and it's a lot of fun they they kind of they pull out uh really good uh stuff like i saw peter atencio uh unveil uh a key and peel sketch before it was up it went up on the show um i've seen uh john daly nick kroll chelsea peretti lots of funny stand-up comedians i'd check out that show and if you go march 10th something awesome could happen to you i'm sort of teasing what our sketch is but i'm not really explaining anything you have to go to find out i don't know why i'm talking like this last march 
15th at 8.30 at iOS's Del Close Theater. Sticks Martin is doing Roughneck. I like those guys. I like the show. I'm looking forward to it. So come, you know, I like, I mean, I like the hosts. They're fun. They're fun guys. Uh, I like Sticks Martin too. I like everybody. I like, I like everything. You're all great. Let's all be friends. Anyway, Golden Age Improv, happy improvising. Be excellent to each other. And goodbye. Hi. Hi! I'm Chad Westbrook. And I'm Nicholas Wagoner. And are you a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race? You should be. You very much should be. Come listen and subscribe to our podcast, How Is She Though? Where we recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Come and get your daily dose of vitamin gay, honey. Oh, cr- oh, cr- <laughs>